Welcome to Persons of Interest. My name is Derek Dockett. In this episode, my guest definitely does something interesting. Katie Cavender is currently the Assistant Director of Communications for the college football playoff. Before that, she spent 11 years at the Mountain West Conference, eventually rising to the position of Assistant Commissioner for Advanced Media and Digital Strategy. Because of our previous roles working at the conference level in college athletics, Katie and I often had similar experiences as we both navigated our way through the digital content space. We even had our worlds collide once a year with the Mountain West Missouri Valley Challenge. Uh, But now, Katie is fresh off her first experience with the college football playoffs, and I was curious to learn how it went and how her new position differs from her previous one. So if you're interested in a behind-the-scenes look at what it's like to work in communications and in digital for arguably the three most important college football games of the year, well, this episode is for you. Here's Katie Cavender on Persons of Interest. You. How are you been? Good. You know, it's been uh, it's been fast and furious. As you mentioned, we both are, are new in new positions in 2018 and 2019 has been been a real busy one thus far. It's only the 16th day of January, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that here shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those that don't know, gosh, and I'm trying to remember, and I do remember when I first reached out, yeah. when I was at the Valley, uh, we were getting ready for the Mountain West Missouri Valley Challenge, and mm-hmm. I sent an email, and I was like, hey, you don't know me, but I'm the guy that runs the social media for the Valley. Could we do something to, you know, make the challenge a little bit interesting on social? Uh-huh. And I don't even know if we did anything that first year. <laughs> like, I don't know if we did either, actually. I remember we did eventually, but I kind of think it took us a little while to finally to figure out what we wanted to do. Yeah. So yeah. I was at the Missouri Valley Conference. Katie was working for the Mountain West Conference. Uh, and it just so happened that uh, we were both in similar roles doing handling the social media, the digital media. You guys had the Mountain West Network. Um, we had Valley Live, which you guys were way ahead of us at the time because we were just sort of like floundering. And we, we got the help of um, what was then Webstream Sports, which is now Tupelo Raycom, John Cervisi and his group uh, with video streaming. Um, but eventually we caught up and then now everyone's doing ESPN3 and all that stuff. Um, but it was just interesting because we were just like the same role. We were managing yeah. the Twitter account, the Facebook, and digital content was the thing. And it was like clockwork every late February, March. Yep. So what are you doing? How are you preparing? <laughs> ideas? It's tournament time. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. bounce off and each other for sure. I didn't have to worry about football like you did. So you, yeah. you had the churn in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um but it was fun because we always had the ideas going back and forth. But now you've progressed on uh, to the college football playoffs. You got even more eyeballs on your on your stuff. So uh, I guess I just want to catch up because yeah. uh, I want to know how that was. You just finished up, obviously, the college football playoff and the national yeah. championship a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah. What was your first uh, foray into the uh, CFP like for 2018-19 uh, there? Yeah, so I um, I started with the CFP. My first day was the 6th of August. Um, so I went straight from Mountain West Football Media Day in Las Vegas, flew back to Colorado Springs, packed some boxes, picked up my mom from the airport, had a farewell party, and drove to Texas wow. and moved myself to Dallas and started to work about the next week um, after that. And it's been 
it's been drinking out of the fire hose ever since, <laughs> but it's been awesome. Um, it's crazy that the day before this year's national championship game was my fifth month, five month anniversary on CFP and just, just how far we've come in the past five months. But um, it's been really super awesome. I'm our assistant director of communications. So that um, is part of our media operations, media relations team, but then also um, work with our intern. We're kind of a two man um, digital and social media team, which is, which is really awesome. Um, and, and you said it best, like to take the mountain West was super great training for me as it related to, um, balancing workload and having 18 sports to make sure we were servicing and 13 different universities that all needed, um, proper attention, but to, to take that and to focus on one sport and really the, the super bowl of college sports. I mean, quite literally as the championship of the college football space. Um, and, and to, so to narrow the focus, but to exponentially grown the scale and the scope of what that looks like and all the minute details that are involved. And then the audiences that are so passionate about it, um, has been a really terrific learning experience for me to, to figure out how to navigate all of that stuff. Um, I was fortunate to be able to, you know, take, multiple site visits with our team to um, the Bay Area to help prepare for this year's national championship, which was was great. I got some really great FaceTime. I'm um, rankings exercise with the new members of the selection committees. So I got to learn all about that stuff. It feels like the rankings process throughout the fall was forever ago. And the last <laughs> one was December 2nd and it's only January 16. Um, but, uh, had some really great experiences there. I was fortunate. I got to be at the orange bowl this year with Alabama and Oklahoma and they're great people, um, in Miami as they, um, hosted one of the semifinals this year. And then of course was in California for, 12, 13 days in, in executing the national championship. So, um, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a super, a lot of fun, but now it's fun to, uh, to regroup and debrief and, and we're, we're kind of, uh, you know, setting the reset button and focusing already on 2020. We've got a trip to New Orleans sit here in a couple of weeks to, to start and hit the ground running again. Wow. It's pretty wow. crazy. That's funny. So that's leads me. I've got so many questions about yeah. how this works. Cause when like people from the outsides think about college sports, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the conference standpoint, they always say, Oh, you've got, you know, this, this, and the other. And I always tell people, well, don't forget, we got cross country, we've right. got volleyball, we've got softball, we got swimming, we got this, that it's not just basketball or football mm-hmm. or, you know, base, whatever it is. Um, here you are now working for the college football playoff and that's, it is a focus. It is a near, yeah. but there are several different parts of it because you guys have the weekly rankings that came yep. out during the fall. Um, and that was part of the social content mm-hmm. that was always there. You guys were doing uh, live content on each one when their rankings did come out. Yeah. Um, I know there was the partnership with ESPN and how that worked out. Um, so I'm curious what the process is of preparing. So college football season starts in August and you guys aren't releasing rankings yet. You guys weren't releasing rankings yep. until a couple weeks sure. into the season. So yeah. obviously there's probably already, you know, the committee's thinking about what they're doing and what their focus mm-hmm. is. 
But from your standpoint, what's the prep leading up into the fall and how you're doing the rankings? Sure. Uh, uh, the content. Sure. So it was a lot. Um, this past year was a lot of baptism by fire. It was a lot of, you know, OK, what's the next hurdle we have to cross? So, the, so when I first started, it was um, making sure that our historical media guide was all updated and ready to go. So like our year in review stuff um, that we do and making sure that that was ready to go on our website, getting that all refreshed um, before the season kicked off. And then the next step was focusing on, we do a bunch of mock rankings exercises. So we bring in okay. um, administrators from all over the country, um, talent from ESPN. We have about a two-week period of, of mock rankings exercises. Even some um, st- student journalists from universities across the country come and they get to sit in the actual seats. Okay. Um, so similar to how the ESA does yep. the basketball mock yeah. selection. Okay. Yeah. So we do that. Um, it's set up exactly like the selection committee does um, when they start meeting in um, mid to late October ish. Um, so it's focusing on that. And then once those mocks are done, okay, now it's time for the real deal. Holyfield part of this rankings process and making sure that we've got that whole content strategy all lined up. Um, and then, simultaneously starting to think about, okay, now we're, now we're getting closer to, um, these bigger semifinal and national championship game events. Um, what items do we need to consider for those? Uh, how do we put plans in place? One, um, area that we lean on heavily and I am so, 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 so grateful for them. Um, as we've got a tremendous relationship with, um, the great folks at Twitter and at Facebook and Instagram. Um, I, I, I think I'm really fortunate in that I was able to create and establish some good relationships with David Herman and Will Exline and Nick Marquez, Will Yoder, those guys that I'm sure that folks who are listening follow on social media um, who kind of handled the college sports partnership space for Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, But to to be able to rely on that baseline relationship and take it to another level with them. You know, we had calls with them every other week, um, to plan, you know, um, things that we needed to do on our channels, things that they were going to do on theirs to help amplify the story of um, the teams that were made it to the semifinals in the national championship game. So um, that that took a lot of planning and preparation, but um, something that I think has has really benefited us, especially because we're such a small staff. So I mentioned before, like our our external relations staff is a staff of three, and there's there's myself, there's Gina Leahy, who's the head of our department, and then um, we've got an intern every year. Um, so and our full staff in general is is about twenty to twenty five. So it's it, for the scale and the scope of which the college football playoff is we really need to rely on um, a lot of planning partners um, to get the job done and a lot of volunteers and and the the folks at um, at ESPN and then at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram all have been folks that I've leaned on really heavily in this first year and I think I think some of the um, successes we had this past year are, are evidence of the great work that they did on our behalf that's awesome so yeah. you guys do all the pre-planning work and then it comes yeah. it's time to release release rankings yeah. Yeah. Um, are you responsible for designing rankings graphics? You pull yourself directly <clears throat> from TV to your student, your your helper. What, like, what's yeah. what's that process like? Digging in when it's actually time on a weekly basis to release those rankings. There, yeah. So it's it's um, a pretty pretty tight process 
um, the folks who are at, we've got a staff of, let me count here, one, two, three, four. There's about six, I want to say, folks on our staff who are privy to being on site at the meeting space with the selection committee each week when they go through their processes. Um, and I think of those, I think maybe five are actually in the room when the final determinations are made. Um, so Gina, my boss, she compiles all of that information and she puts it down into a release format for us and proofs it several, several times and makes sure that everything's kosher and matches up with what was determined by the committee. Um, on a weekly basis. And then, um, she, um, there's a, there's a specific time that, that once she's comfortable and once we can, we can get it going, um, she gets that to ESPN and to us and we turn and burn really quickly to get, to get things prepped for the website and, uh, you know, email distribution and then social graphics as well. Um, that all happens pretty in sync with when ESPN gets that to build their graphics for their show. And it's almost, it's almost immediately leading into when those shows go on air and we're, we're kept to, uh, making sure that we're posted. It's, it's a fine balance. So we want to make sure that we're releasing on our channels and owning the story as much as we can in sync with those selection shows. But ESPN, just with their rights deal, they get, they get the first right to make sure that they're getting those announcements first. So just making sure that they're, we're super prepared that we understand the run of show that ESPN has. So if they're going to announce, you know, number four and then number one, two and three, or, or what it looks like, um, for their rundown in their show that we're prepared socially on our end, um, to distribute that information in a really timely fashion. So we're really super fortunate there. Um, my intern Megan and I would seclude ourselves. We've got two conference rooms at the office. One of them is called the bowl room. It's got the logos of all the new year six bowls in it. So that's why we call it the bowl room. And it's got some privacy shades in there. So usually when, when we get the go ahead the green light she and i will go in there and lock ourselves in and uh all of her fellow interns would take wow. boomerangs and things as the slide as the shades would come down um that we were kind of secluded and working on things for our own so it's it's super um it's a crazy awesome privilege to to be privy to that and to be part of that process but um with with that privilege comes a heck of a lot of responsibility yeah. and to make sure that things are are tight and right and and that you know things are getting leaked and we're not having issues that some of some of our counterparts at at other places across the country you know i think it was a couple years ago there was a big mishap with ncaa bracket reveals things like that we want to make sure that that doesn't happen for cfp and so far at least in my first year here and as i understand it in the first five years of the cfp in general we haven't had that problem so good to be in lockstep yeah we we intend to keep that the the same moving forward Well, it all looked great. Um, and I, of course, as a graphic designer, I love the consistency of how everything yeah. looked throughout all the way through the championship game, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do the rankings and then um, you guys release the top four. So we've got yep. our playoffs set up. Uh, of course, that's a big day. So I'm sure even more tighter knit and lo- even more lockstep there when you're actually yeah. releasing the top four teams. Yeah. Um, besides the responsibility of doing digital and 
social during the season when it's rankings and on that on mm-hmm. a weekly basis. What are your other responsibilities um, during the season prior to the playoff actually starting? Like, are you traveling to games? Are you guys, are you just like tweeting about other college football games that are going on? Like, what are you doing in particular? Yeah, uh, so a lot of my role during the season um, is really communications and media operations heavy. Um, so, again, maintaining website, um, if there's any press releases that need to go out, things of that nature, and then preparing for those media events that we have throughout the year. We've got a big um, news conference in November where we announce um, the talent lineup for AT&T Playoff Playlist Live. We have this three-day music festival leading up to the national championship, and so that's usually a big to-do for us um, to announce who those talent are and then making sure that all of that announcements and the graphics and things of that nature are all put into lockstep there. Um, and then a lot of it is a, just a lot of national championship prep. Um, we are really fortunate that we've got a whole army of um, of media operations volunteers and we've got a whole team that is social media focused that come um, and we basically kind of tongue-in-cheek but but affectionately term them as we're kind of a traveling circus um and so we have folks come with us from place to place to place to really help us with stuff like that so um this year uh megan um bordeo she's she's our intern and she is a graduate of oklahoma state and she is extremely focused in digital and social um and i have to give her some big props she she this year took the bull by the horns and really um identified a team of social media um i would say uh young influencers influencer type stars from across the country that are either um, getting close to graduating from college or, or have been out of school for just a couple of years that are video producers and graphic designers and and people that were specific for just writing captions. Um, and so she did a whole recruitment of a team of about 13 to 14 people that came with us. Um, so then it's it's preparing, you know, manuals and style guides and, and here's how things want to go and all of this big, big, big lead up until we get to game week. Um, which is kind of a lot different from the conference space as as I'm sure you can appreciate just having games all the time and always having something to execute. It's, it's like you execute something and then you're on to the next game and you just keep going and going and going. Um, there's a lot more buildup here, but, but, but the payoff is I think even that much greater. I think the satisfaction that we left the Bay area with this year, um, is something that, that I really still cherish now a couple of weeks later. Um, and I think that's what, what is a great appeal of working on this project in general. Um, so like I say, it's a lot of, it's a lot of prep work, but it's also, um, you know, communicating with, with those great partners that we have. And then once we get to identifying the four semifinal teams, um, we did a bunch of, uh, communication and, and integration with those, those digital and social teams and those communication staffs, um, on their campuses too, to make sure that they're, you know, hitting the thresholds that they need to in the CFP handbook, or we're answering questions that they may have about how they can get access to content or how we can cross promote and amplify each other. Um, so um, it's it's growing and changing and evolving and and it sounds like we've made some great strides in, in the fifth year here and I think it's going to be really nice heading into year six that that some of this stuff will it, it will not feel as much like 
I'm the wheel feels invented now, yeah. so to speak. So like, it, it'll be nice to, to get yeah. into year six and, and to have some uh, precedent about my mindset of like, okay, here's how things go from, from month to month, at least during the football season. I can only imagine. Cause I'm thinking back to way back in 2010, 2010, way when, I first, back. <laughs> when I first started and I'm like, okay, I've been to arch madness. I know what the tournament's like as a fan, but here I am yeah. now I'm supposed to be doing this. What am I supposed to do? And then yeah. you go through the first year and I'm like, okay, that was okay. But man, I missed the boat. I could have done this. I could have sure. done that. And I learned on the fly and I just started doing things, you know, differently year after year that I'm like, okay, this worked out well. Let's continue doing that part. Yeah. This yes. and not so much. Absolutely. So when I ha- and I had the frame of reference similarly, like coming into my job here at the CFP, you know, I could rely on the Mountain West football championship, yeah. the Mountain West basketball tournament, things like that. But the last time I had been to um, a national championship in the college football space was when I was an intern for the Pac-10 at the time in 2006. You said the Pac-10. The Pac-10, yeah, not even 12. Back in the day, I am that old, ladies and gentlemen. Um, And the Pac-10 at the time ran all of the media relations efforts for the Rose Bowl game. And that year was the national championship with Vince Young and Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush. And we all know how all that ended. But um, it was it was crazy. Apparently it had happened 13 years ago to the day on one of the days that we were in the Bay Area. And I saw a bunch of social media traffic about that. And it was crazy to reflect on, gosh, to finally be at my second national championship game 13 years later to the day. Um, and just to see how the industry's changed, yeah. how uh, how the um, roles and responsibilities for those of us who work in this space in college sports have changed. Um, it, it's it's pretty remarkable, but it, it's also pretty cool, too, to have, kind of have had that full circle moment. Yeah. And technology obviously is a big part of that. Because- oh, yeah. Absolutely. We all know what's happening with Twitter and how social and digital yeah. keeps changing on a monthly, if not weekly basis or whatever. It yeah. is. So. So, OK, all that happens. And now it's time for the semifinals. You've done yep. all your build up. You've got prep. Are you at both games? You go to one game. Are you assigned one? You're following. What's your process during the national semifinals? Yeah. So we um, we split up our staff. Both semifinals are on the same day. So um, I was on site. I was in Miami for the okay. Orange Bowl and and I Gina, my boss. Like a jet back across. Wouldn't that be awesome? Gosh, that would be really cool. If we could I honestly thought that, that might have happened. I really did. <laughs> we'll have to get on that ESPN that College Game Day wheels up train or something. I don't know. Anyway, maybe not a train. Probably would have to be an airplane yeah. or a helicopter. Anyway, um, yeah. So Gina stayed here um, in Dallas for the Cotton Bowl this year, and then I went to the Orange Bowl and was there for all of their festivities. Um, and w- really, we um, are there to lend support to the to the host media relations okay. staffs if they need anything. And then we've got folks from our team operations um, and then our C-suite executive staff are there as well. So we, we kind of divide and conquer that way. Um, so lend ha- helping hands, we kind of are there to also observe and make sure that um, there's there's a little bit of uh, policy that that the New Year's Six Bulls need to follow the years that they are they are deemed the playoff semifinal games. Um, so making sure that we're there to offer support if, if those thresholds aren't being met or um, identifying what those needs are. And then, uh, and then the, the other 
another big component of it, which is similar to NCAA basketball, um, is being there for once each game is over, um, hosting the, the transition meetings afterwards. So helping the winning teams get prepared because the turnaround's so quick. Yeah. Um, this year the semifinals were on the 28th, so it was a Saturday, and uh, – the national championship was a week from Monday afterwards. So it was, it was about a week turnaround time for, for the teams that, that advanced. So making sure that they knew like where to ship all their stuff and when they were arriving and how they were going to go through their processes for their, you know, travel party tickets and hotels and all of that, um, minutia that, that the average sports fan has no idea is, is is vital to making an event be successful um so that was really exciting for me i had only prior to that had only spent um about 24 hours in the state of florida just at a meeting preparing for this trip and so i i got some really great time with the great folks at the orange bowl and and getting to know the folks at alabama and oklahoma and um it, it was a great experience and and i think something that'll be really valuable and was valuable for me too going into the national championship having having had that game under my belt but then also transitioning myself from from my semifinal to a national championship experience so when you make it through the semifinal you're getting ready for the national championship how nervous are you like (sighs) okay here's the biggest college football game of the year and everything needs to go right that i'm working (sighs) on and everybody's gonna be watching this one game tonight because you know even pro sports take a back seat when it's a national championship for college football college basketball so what's weird is that i caught myself all fall like just just being in grind mode and just like knocking stuff out and doing what I had to do to get the job done and because that fire hose was turned on yeah. so high but then like if if I was in a restaurant or um, in an airport and if I would somehow see something on ESPN in the corner of my eye with the logo that was like on the backpack that was on my back or something it would be like whoa, whoa this is this is bigger than than I've ever worked on before and that stuff is actually super super awesome um i think what what really struck me um in the bay area and it took some time to finally get there but there was a moment in pregame in the press box um where bill plashke of the los angeles times and he's also on around the horn he's been a columnist for the la times forever and i've admired his work forever since i was a high school student came up to me and thanked me for um, all that, that our staff was doing to make this a great experience for the media, including himself. And, That's cool. and for someone who I had admired at that echelon of sports media and who I had admired for years and years and years and years to seek me out and to thank me for that, like that kind of blew my socks off. That was, that was pretty, pretty, pretty insane. But Again, super, super privileged and, and super blessed to, to be able to get my hands on something that, that people are so in, tuned into. But the funny part is, too, I think you'll appreciate this. Um, I caught myself at sometimes during the game, you know, you, you're busy and things are going on. I caught myself a little bit having some FOMO because I had spent the previous four years in the CFP at home in front of my computer watching the game and then having my second screen experience with all my friends like you on Twitter, like analyzing what the social looked like or what the commercial was, or, oh my gosh, did you see that play in the game? That it was kind of weird to be on the other side of that. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. So I've, 
I've I've been poking around asking some of our mutual friends, you know, like, hey, how did it go? Like, <laughs> what was going on? What did I miss? What was going on during the game? Which is, it's, it's kind of a surreal experience to yeah. feel that a little bit. Yeah, I felt the same way last year, not I, I went to Arch Madness as a fan. Yeah. I got to sit in the suite and yeah. I actually didn't check out Twitter a whole lot, if you can yep. believe that. Yeah. Um, but after like so many years of making sure I got that dunk or I got that alley oop yep. and I'm, you know, making that gif or jif or however you want to say it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and I'm snappy TVing away. Yeah. And here I am just like, I'm just watching it. And it's just sort of weird. Like it is weird. I, I, it's weird. Like I don't know what, uh-huh. to, you know what to do. It just sort of you throw your hands up. So I was wondering, if, like, you find yourself like just watching the game. Like, oh, I'm so busy. I know I got to capture yeah. this. Yeah. That like, yeah. Yeah, you know, I um, I noticed that I went to my um, younger brothers played football at Boise State, and they still live in Boise. And I went to Boise for Thanksgiving. Um, so there was a Mountain West football game there that I was able to attend. So I got credentialed, and you know went to the press box and on the sideline or whatever, but I didn't really have any game day responsibilities. Right. And so I didn't have my computer on my person. Probably I didn't weird. have to in-game tweet any of it. <laughs> and I kept like, I didn't know what to do with my hands yeah. <laughs> or like to, to just take in the moments is super awesome. And it just makes you reflect like, this is why we really love to do what we do. Um, I think that that's one thing that, that this position has kind of um, reinvigorated in me is, is not, and this is not to say that I um, didn't adore my time at the Mountain West because those people have, have become family to me and will will be that way forever with the schools and the conference staff and all of that. But um, to be able to have a little bit um, of that reflection time and to take a step upward and yeah. to be able to see and appreciate the impact of what you're doing um, when with folks so excited about it. I think that that's, um, that's super cool and something I'm super grateful for. It's all about perspective, right? I mean, yeah. you, you know what you're doing. Like, I'm, I'm getting the same thing now. Like, I'm not as heavily in sports. Like, we have high school sports, of course. It's, like, the main thing that it, yep. uh, I'm using as a marketing tool. But the perspective is, it's like, man, I'm doing this for the kids. I'm doing this for our students of our school district. Yep. And when you hear them come up and say, oh, this is so awesome. Or, you know, thanks for taking these pictures. Or, you know, just that kind of thing. The perspective yeah. just changes. So, like, yep. the outlook and the reasoning and that kind of thing. So Yeah, um, I, mean, and the, I mean, the fact that we do what we do... Um, and even you now in your current role, like we get to, you know, hang out with kids and, yeah. and talk about sports stuff. It, it, it's it's really awesome to get to spend, you know, your career doing that. There's not a lot of people in this world that that can say they get to do that kind of stuff. And I just feel super blessed to be able to 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 be on the wagon as long as I have been. <laughs> so you guys obviously probably have some recap and you probably already started mm-hmm. that process, um, but you've been through the ringer, so to speak of going yeah. through the process of the, um, the selections and the rankings each week and the actual semifinals, the national championship game. When you take that into consideration and look back, I mean, how, you were at the mountain West for like how long? 11 oh, years? Almost 12 years, like okay. 11, 11 plus. Yeah. So you, you had a longer run there than I even had at the Valley. So cause yeah. I was only there for seven years. Yeah. Um, so when you take all that into perspective and those are, when you think about it, I mean, 
they're different. I mean, yeah. What what you and here, the other thing, and I, I I'd love to get your feedback on this. We see a lot on this on social media, and you know, you interact with people that are working in college athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of them work at a school. They work at a in a uh, department at a university or college. There's yeah. not many of us that work in the conference level. Um, yeah. And it's just a little different. We're not on campus. You yeah. Know, we're, we're, we were responsible for the championship events and here and there, so um, it's a little bit different to. I want to say get attention, but to realize what we're doing is just different, but we're doing Mm -hmm. it a different way with a different twist. And we're responsible for the 10, the 12, the 14 schools in our conference, making sure that they get an equal share of the coverage, too. So I always like try to like let people know, man, when I was at the Valley, yeah, it's great to tweet about. You know, Wichita State or mm-hmm. Loyola, you know, whoever's doing right. great. Right. Sister Jean, Sister Jean, Sister Jean. Right. <laughs> but don't forget, like, you're tweeting for the conference, not for that uh-huh. school. So right. every sport matters. You got to find those spots where those other schools are doing great. You got to tell those other stories, regardless if they're sport related, academic related, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, finding the balance. Yeah. So now, you go back, look at the Mountain West, and you know, everything I just ratted off, you're all familiar with. Sure. But the focus is so different and narrow at the college football yeah. playoff. Like, is that just relieving? Like, is it an adjustment? Like, how do you look at that and compare it? It's different. So it's different. So we, um, we have made it a practice in the past to um, make sure that we're not – but doing any specific promotion of specific football programs during the football season, like our focus during the fall um, in our content strategy is really on the rankings, Mm -hmm. the rankings process and more of an education piece than a promotion piece. Um, That, that, that has, that has taken some getting used to and in, you know, keeping the hands away from posting score updates or highlights or any of that stuff. Um, and, and the other part I will say is that we, um, I've, I've really been fortunate and particularly with Megan, our intern, um, on reinvigorating a bunch of creativity and not relying on what's easy. What I felt was easy at the time was snappy TV. So, um, in my previous life, we were really fortunate and we could use snappy TV to highlight the heck out of stuff on all of our channels. And we did, and it, it, it paid off for us. Um, we don't have that luxury now just with the way that our rights contract is, is tied up with ESPN. And, and that's absolutely fine. It's, it's like I say, it's, it's instilled a new, um, sense of creativity, I think, in us to, to be able to look at things in a different way and to tell the stories, um, at angles that maybe you're not just the, the standard, here's your highlight reel type of a situation. Um, which, which it, it felt like a challenge when I first started, like, gosh, how am I going to get this done? Um, but the team that Megan put together did a tremendous job, um, without us relying on that tool at all. Um, so it can be done folks out there who are listening, like it can be done. And it's, it's kind of nice to, to push yourself beyond the limits and to look at things in different ways, because at the end of the day, that's also what's going to cut through the noise. Like you can find, you can find those real time, highlights pretty much anywhere and and joe blogger is going to probably do that from his apartment or his house anyway um so how can you how can you still identify and and resonate with your audience um 
thinking about things in a different way has been has been a cool opportunity for me too that I didn't I didn't really anticipate coming in. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, we always yeah. preached about talk about um, find some way to cut through the noise and do something yep. different that makes people want to follow you and makes people want yep. to like your page and do all that stuff. So yeah. um, actually saying that is one thing, actually doing it and doing it well is another thing. So, no doubt. No um, doubt. Using what you have to your advantage is always the thing. And yeah. I always try to tell people like, hey, I've got this credential that most fans can't get to. Mm-hmm. Um, there are simple things that I like always wanted to share that I thought this might be cool. And, you know, things work, but also just, you know, wanted to make it easy. You don't have to get too complicated to do things that people will want to like you on Twitter and do all these things. Like, yeah. It's not hard. Like t- I st- a buddy of mine, we go back and forth. Twitter isn't brain surgery and creating content isn't brain surgery. Yeah. It's just what you're doing with your time and how efficient you are. Like, yep. Yep. Some people are creative by nature, but it's not yep. like you have to like really dig deep and go into six meetings to figure out. Yeah. What are we going to do? Like, well, it's like Twitter. I'm a big fan of. Um, the show Top Chef, and yeah. I, f- I find that they say on that show all the time, like, if you're going to make soup or a salad or something simple, like, make it the best darn soup or salad yeah. or sandwich or whatever it is. That's a good analogy. Make it the best you can. And so, like, to me, this feels nothing different. Like, if you if you do things simply and cleanly, sometimes those, those speak the loudest to people. Yeah. So, I got to ask, what's one thing that you, is there any one thing, and you you can answer this how you want that you yeah. miss from the Mountain West because I know like for me I, I definitely like I went to school at Missouri State and yeah. I've been to Arch Madness every year since like yeah. 2008 and yeah. I hope to continue that streak so of course man I gotta make sure I get to Arch Madness at least one game every year um, but I definitely miss like interacting with student athletes that was like the one thing that I was kind of like wow this is actually cool um, yeah. like I interviewed Lily Johnson she was the first first two episodes of this podcast and just catching up with her was like bringing back memories. Number one, because she's got like a crazy memory of like all yeah. these things that happened while she was in school. Um, yeah. But I actually get a little bit now interacting with uh, students at in my school district. Um, so I'm curious, um, different role, but you're still in yeah. sports, but you don't only have football now. Yeah. Missing anything from any other sports or interacting and going to campus? You know, this, um, this next couple of months is going to be really interesting. So, I think you're fortunate in that you're still in St. Louis. And so you've got the luxury of the yeah. Madness to be down the road. Yeah. Um, I moved to Texas. And so Mountain West basketball tournaments is in Las Vegas. It's not right in my backyard. Um, so watching from afar and it actually was even a little hard. The first couple of weekends of the football season was even hard not being um, the past couple of seasons I had spent in the command center at the Mountain West headquarters with okay. um our sport administrators and um, our officials coordinator and our lead comms guy um, the last couple of years doing that. So, so getting used to that whole regimen and not, not being there with them. Um, that basketball tournament, like I say, is going to be kind of an interesting thing to be a fan. Um, but it's also been kind kind of cool too. Like it gives me a deeper appreciation for, for that. And, and I would say the biggest thing that I miss the most out of anything far and away, um, is just, 
is just the people. Like I said yeah. before, the people at the conference office and at the Mountain West schools had really and truly become like family to me. Um, and we are so fortunate that it's 2019. Um, I'm glad I didn't say 2018. It's 2019. <laughs> Good job. Um, that we've got technology yeah. like you and I Skyping now. I've got, you know, FaceTime on my phone, text messages, all of that kind of stuff that I, and I've had the luxury, especially this past week um, at the national championship, I was able to see four or five different people from my time at the Mountain West there. So, um, so that part is nice. Um, but having the day to day with, with those people yeah. who was working in the trenches with there, I mean, that's the part that I miss the most right now for sure. Yeah. I can definitely, definitely agree with that too. Cause obviously a lot of the administrators and, you know, other coaches that you see on a regular basis or semi-regular yeah. basis going to coaches meetings and yep. administrator meetings, conference championship events. And, you know, when the school's hosting something, you go there. Yeah. Definitely yep. those things that you sort of like, uh, wow, that's weird. Like for me, like yeah. you're, you're still working deeper in sports than I am, but I'm like, I don't travel anymore. Like I'm, my right. traveling is between my school district and it's from one school to the other. I'm in <laughs> St. Louis. So it's right. sort of like, and I've gotten, like, like I said, I went to Missouri state. So I'm down there uh, a little bit more with some alumni related stuff. Um, so I get to see those folks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's just different. It's just different. Yeah. So I, I was curious to get your, 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 uh, your take on that. Yeah. Um, so the only other thing that I'm sort of curious about yeah. now that you and you may not even know this <laughs> playoffs over it's it's the calendar's flip and we're all everyone's in basketball mode now mm-hmm. what does the college football playoff do from Oof. now through August like yeah. are, are you guys just debriefing gearing up like is there <laughs> some people I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there are some people that think they don't do anything except sit yep. there. Like I, I know Gosh, there's probably some planning. You wouldn't believe the number know, of people. Yeah. I know there's gotta be some marketing. Like I'm thinking of what I did, um, um, at the Valley just for Arch Madness. Like I, yep. when I tell people we literally would start gearing up for Arch Madness in, you know, August, like I started designing media guides and program covers and ticket brochures in August. And they're like, really? The term is not until March. That's how early it starts. We want to get the TV commercial done, the radio yep. commercial done. So I'm wondering now that you're the focus is a little bit narrow with this college yeah. football, what are you guys working on up until football season comes back around? Right. So we um, we do do a bunch of debriefing. We're doing that now, a bunch of reconciliation and um, compilation of notes on takeaways that um, all of our vendors, all of our media, um, all of our volunteers, all the feedback that, that they're giving us and then that we have internally as a staff and we kind of just have, I think we've got three or four pretty, pretty rather large meetings where we'll go through line by line and, and debrief on all of that stuff to make sure that all of those, um, areas are addressed. Um, it seems to be an ongoing process as I've understood it, um, as it relates to future hosts. So, um, Last year, I believe there were two trips made by CFP staff to the 2020 host, which is New Orleans. Um, next, I think the 12th through the 14th or something, we've got our first site visit of 2019 to New Orleans, and we'll do that on a monthly basis here starting next month. So um, that's to get a lay of the land and make sure that we're scoping out the venues and um, getting all of our architectural drawings set up so we know where things will be laid out and, and working out all of those details for media day and 
playoff fan central and just all of those um, fan events that we have in addition to the game. Um, and then it even goes as far out as two years out. So we've got a couple of meetings we'll have this year with um, Minneapolis hosts. I believe it's Minneapolis. No, it's not Minneapolis. It's Miami. I've lost my mind. It is <laughs> Miami. Say, it's going to be cold. Yeah. Well, so it's, so yeah, the, the future site hosts that have been selected. So 2020 is okay. New Orleans. Then it goes Miami, Indianapolis. Okay. I was having a Charles Barkley moment there. I think maybe, <laughs> um, Indianapolis, Los Angeles, and then Houston. And that, I think that's as far out as we are currently. So, um, there'll be ongoing dialogue with all of those future hosts. And, um, and then the other part of it too is, is now finally having the time in the spring and the summer to do the things that I had compact from August to January this yeah. year, there will be a little more time to stretch that out and do sure. some preparatory work in advance rather than just doing it on the fly um, that I'm super excited about. Cause there's um, there's some things I think that we could definitely clean up at least from, from my vantage point in the tasks that I have that, that a little more time will help and, and just having a year under our belt will, will help us too. But yeah, it's, it's a revolving door. We're always, always on to the next it feels like we're 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 turning and burning and it'll be it'll be football season again i think before we know it signing days in a couple yeah couple months and then today we you know today we announced um the incoming class for um the selection committee they the selection committee turns or they serve three-year terms and so we have outgoing members that that whose terms end end of end of january first of february um, and three new members coming in um, first of February. So there's, there's always something yeah. going on. Yeah, we've got spring meetings going on around, you know, football bowl association and all of that stuff. So there's there's always it's it's football season all year long. I'm learning, but it's but it's super fun. I wouldn't have it any other way. So you pretty much for, for folks that do work in college athletics, uh, we always talk about well, it's a summer project. That's always a term of summer uh-huh. project. When reality, especially if you've got a baseball team that goes deep or, you know, a kid yep. in NCAA outdoor track and field. Um, and they they're playing into you know the first week in June, um, and you're still working and doing stuff for that particular team. And then oh by the way, kids are going to come back in late July. If you've got football, you know yep. at the Valley we didn't have football to worry about, but when they got football come back, they're coming yeah, back earlier. Oh, yeah. and, and you're starting to do headshots and all that other stuff. So and then guess what? The season starts August 14th for soccer and then volleyball. Mm-hmm. And so, so the summer relatively is really compacted but at least yep. for you guys i guess you just have an extended summer i guess I'll a little bit it. yeah summer yeah. projects are now like february march projects yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting interesting yeah well that's fun that's fun well I, I hope i hope it, it's something that you really can flourish in and you really enjoy the position and um like i said it i, I like i told you i thought it was a good fit for you and a great opportunity Thanks. to do something uh special and you've got even more eyeballs even more of an opportunity to do something uh, uh, special that, quite frankly, a lot of people I'm sure would love to have the same opportunity yeah. to do. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I feel super fortunate. That is, that is for sure. Don't know how I got so lucky. <laughs> All right. Well, I always like to end the podcast with uh, five questions. And uh, are you ready? Yeah. Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> All right. Here no we go. No time like the present, my friend. <laughs> In your opinion, from yeah. your standpoint. Uh, one of the biggest myths about working in sports. So it kind of fascinates me that people, there are still people out there who 
the, I'm going to really dumb it down and I, and it probably shouldn't be as dumb down as I'm going to make it. But there, there, there are people out there who still think that working in sports means that you sit in a skybox <laughs> at a game and you've got a beverage and some popcorn and you watch the game, you show up, you know, half an hour before the game starts and you get to leave as soon as the buzzer horns. And that's what working in sports is. Um, when it's not that whatsoever, um, <laughs> I, I think people underestimate the um, attention to detail and the time commitments that working in sports have. Um, and they also have a hard time. I've still got, you know, friends from college and extended family members, things of the like that that can't wrap their head around the fact that sports happen when when the normal folk are, are off. So, yeah. you know, nights, weekends and holidays, that's when um sporting events usually occur so people you know can enjoy their favorite pastimes and those events have staffs that that work them um so it it, it kind of blows my mind just the more that i'm in this industry that that's still that's still a misconception that's out there yeah i i got nothing for you on the uh nights weekends holidays yeah. after working in a conference where the volleyball tournament happened on thanksgiving night yeah uh, but I, i'm oft always taken back by how many people don't know how much time goes into it like it's not just like it's seven o'clock on on wednesday night there are basketball games going on i've got to work it no yeah. there are people that will be there at two o'clock especially yeah. if they're working for tv and yeah. their job is to do all that stuff and then that game yeah. ends and then guess what there's work that happens after that game right so, and yeah when it's a, the bigger the event the yeah. more work that happens ahead and behind it so yeah yeah absolutely uh, all right a little bit more fun here uh, what's one thing that Katie cannot live without? Ooh. I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be a toss up and I'm probably going to say it's split between iMessage and Twitter. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected I think that actually. Between the two. Um, because, because the easy answer would have been my phone, but I use iMessage and Twitter a lot on my laptop as well. Um, it's, it's kind of a mainstay in my life and, and a godsend. So yeah, I, I, I need my iMessage and I need my Twitter. All right. No, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. what do you think I was going to say? I actually thought it would have been non Twitter or digital related because I feel like, like to me, I would never say I wouldn't think of it because, well, if I were still working in sports, because I don't have to tweet yeah. as much now. Oh, right. But I would have been like, man, I can throw that aside. Like yeah. now Twitter's just strictly entertainment for me. Yeah. And I just like sharing what's fun information. Like I don't have to sit yeah. there and grind through a basketball game and tweet about sure. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know if you would have the same the same uh, thought about Cur- it. Currently, that's what it is. Maybe okay. in a couple months time, we'll see if that's yeah. the same. But currently, that's what it we'll is. See, yeah. <laughs> see what happens once, once your extended summer happens here. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, All those bonbons I'll be popping on. <laughs> On the beach somewhere. <laughs> All right, here's a good one. Now that you're through the playoff, yeah. Um, when you're not working, you really enjoy. Ooh, when I'm not working, I really enjoy um, sleep. I really enjoy <laughs> sleeping. Good. Sleep's good. Um, I really enjoy 
um, going to concerts and I really enjoy spending time with my family. Cause I, you know, I live in Texas and it's the furthest East and South that I've ever lived. My, um, my closest family members, I've got some in Colorado and then some in Nevada and Idaho and California. So, um, any chance I can get to, to get home and spend some good quality time with, with my family is, Definitely, definitely appreciate it. Diverting from my questions a little bit. Yeah. Are you enjoying being in Dallas and in Texas? Getting used yeah, to it? Yeah, you know, there's so much to do down here. Um, it'll be nice as part of this extended summer to kind of get a lay <laughs> yeah. of the land and figure it out. I've um, I've been really fortunate to, I found an apartment a mile from CFP headquarters. So okay. I've kind of just made the loop from my apartment to the office, to the grocery store, to Target, to the dry cleaners <laughs> and back. Um, that's kind of all I have needed at least this fall, but, um, to be able to, to get out, you know, I went to, um, the Red River rivalry this year during the cotton bowl and the, um, or at the cotton bowl, but, uh, during the Texas state fair and just getting to, to meet people and, and see things. There's a lot to do down here and everyone has been super, super, super friendly, even just passersby randomly. So it'll be fun to, to get out and explore and, and see this new big massive city that I'm living in. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I got the. We went there and it was years. I mean, this is probably 2009 or 2010. Uh, we went to Dallas for a vacation. Yeah. Actually, in March. So I know it was before we, I worked at the Valley. That tells you they we went to we went yep. to Dallas in March. Awesome. Um, and we saw the touristy stuff. We did the JFK yep. Museum and um, Botanical Gardens, their zoo, their aquarium, and loved it and loved it. Yeah. Uh, and I bring that up because you obviously gave us great suggestions. And we went to Colorado Springs, which well, still, which still to this day is like our favorite vacation that we oh, went on. Good. Like last year, we loved it. We went um, to Fort Lauderdale and stayed at a resort, which is awesome. Like we an all inclusive type place where it's like yep. you don't. We didn't leave the place. Like we stayed at the hotel, sat at the, at the pool, went back to the room, <laughs> back at the yeah. pool, ate dinner out. You know, it's just like a great place. But going to Colorado Springs and like we were outside like every day and Pikes cool. Peak and everything. Yeah. Um, yep great trip and like, yeah. that's probably a place we will take a return trip to we won't oh, drive good. it we will fly it yes because driving <laughs> from st louis to colorado springs means you have to drive through kansas yeah. um that part was rough that's um, a haul but we love that trip we love colorado springs so good. yeah it's beautiful there for back sure here, I you're it. you're fitting in and you'll find your way around dallas yeah i think so uh, okay back to my questions um, yeah. speaking of as i just talked about vacations yeah your favorite vacation spot Ooh. is Okay, so um, I haven't been to Hawaii in quite a while, but Hawaii's up there for me. But you've been. I've never been there. Oh, yeah, see, it's it's nice. I've only been for football games, but but it's not Still, it's yeah. not a terrible place to go for a football <laughs> game. Um, I would say so it's kind of a toss up again. I'm I'm a little indecisive. I like lots of things. Um, so spending when my answer before was spending time with my family. So we grew up um, in the summers before we got super active in high school sports, um, water skiing in Idaho, and so um, McCall, Idaho, um, and Payette Lake is a place that we still really love to go as a family and get a house and water ski and dink around up there. We really love to do that. That's one spot for me. And then the other spot um, is in Colorado, in the great state of Colorado, in the Rocky Mountains, and um, a town right outside of Vail called Beaver Creek. 
Creek. Um, my very best friend and his family have a home um, that's a ski in, ski out home in Beaver Creek that I've been really fortunate to, to go with them and spend Fourth of July there the last several years. And it's there's nothing like the mountains in the summertime. I really, really enjoy that. So if there's mountains and if we have a luxury to have some water too um, and the weather's warm, I'm usually – Usually a pretty happy girl. <laughs> and finally, and I think I might yeah. know the answer to this, but you might throw me, so we'll see. Okay. Um, the achievement you're most proud of. Oof. Okay, well, you're probably thinking, so I am fortunate enough. It's it's even weird to say this out loud because I'm not one to talk about these kind of things, but um, I I own, I, I have my name on um, three uh, Heartland Emmy Awards. She's got three um, Emmys. It's crazy. It's really crazy. I, um, fortunate for my time at the Mountain West and the Mountain West Network, um, we earned them for technical achievement, which I find is is even more cool that um, it was about the overall accomplishment yeah. of what the Mountain West Network was as a digital enterprise. Um, and I always, when I talk about it, it's always so funny because. Uh, when I was an undergrad, I went to the University of Nevada and in the journalism program there, you could be, um, you could take a print track, a broadcast track, a public relations track or an advertising track, or you could be non, non sequential and you could kind of make hodgepodge of those four, um, your class base. And for some not smart reason i took classes in three of the four tracks none of which included broadcasting oh i didn't know but that still somehow i've managed to be so lucky in my time at the mountain <laughs> west the mountain west network um to have three emmys and and just to be able to work on that project was super fun but um the other thing i will say too is is just another accolade that we received there um, which folks probably wouldn't expect. Um, I would encourage folks, if you're looking for a way to spend a good 10 minutes on YouTube or on Facebook, um, to look up Fresno State, New Mexico baseball rain delay shenanigans. Um, so we uh, at the Mountain West earned um, a synopsis sports, so, synopsis social media sports leaderboard award um, for this video we compiled. So at the Mountain West Baseball Tournament one year in Reno, um, there was a torrential downpour. And if anybody knows baseball, especially college baseball, um, when there are rain delays, <laughs> shenanigans ensue. And so um, my best friend, um, who's also the lead videographer for the Mountain West, put on his rain gear, went out and basically captured, I mean, really a couple hours worth of footage that we got nailed down to about a 10-minute video, which at the time was was absolutely breaking every single social media video rule. Like, how dare you doing anything longer than six seconds? Vine is king, all of that stuff. <laughs> um, but but we had it, it, it's about ten minutes. But um, just capturing the back and forth and um, the fun that Fresno State and New Mexico had then um, was super fun for us. And then to be recognized for something that wasn't even an X's and O's thing, but more of a game behind the game sort of sort of deal um, was a super cool thing to be a part of and super proud of that and like I say if anybody wants to spend 10 minutes that's a shout out to the Mountain West Network on on YouTube or the Mountain West Facebook page it's there and and you 
will thoroughly enjoy it. It was pretty cool to see um, friends of mine from high school who have no interest in sports whatsoever <laughs> had somehow, like the way the algorithm had worked, finally the video that I had worked on was ending up on their, their pages. Feed, it was yeah. it was super bizarre to be a part of, and it got millions of views and, and what have you. So yeah, definitely encourage folks to check that out. Nice, nice. I think I only had that happen once where at Arch Madness, I think it was either 15, I can't remember if it was 2015 or 16, but it was Evansville and you and I in our championship game yeah. at Arch Madness and the, the the game, like the championship, like the automatic bid came down to a last second shot oh, yeah, at the buzzer I remember. with yeah, the ball yeah. bounced. And yep. then, like, I didn't, at that time too, There was I wasn't using Snappy TV, so yep. I had this other app where I could clip live video. And thankfully, our championship game uh, was on CBS. I was able to get the clip, and I just said, yep. I don't know if I can do this, but I got to post it. <laughs> I mean, this is like the greatest moment in like one of the Arch Madness memories. And like, I had better people follow the account, follow the account. And on Facebook, it was ending up in people's feeds because like local news yep. was sharing it. ESPN was sharing it. Like Sports Illustrated was sharing it. Um, they're like, hey, this is your tournament, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, yeah it's only, I've only been working here since 2010. Thanks for right. paying attention. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was great when, like, the people that you know, like, yep. use Facebook or Twitter, and it's actually ended up in their feed indirectly. Yeah. So Yeah, really cool, really well, cool. I really appreciate your time. It's good to catch up, young lady. You too. You Thank you for having me often. part of your podcast. Now that we have uh, – our schedules aren't as crazy as those that do work in uh, – uh, athletics on a regular basis with all those right. other other events that aren't football. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to talk uh, basketball here in a couple of weeks. We'll get our Philly in together. You're we just can... going to rub Nevada in my face or Nevada, <laughs> depending on how people like to say it. Because I know that's one of your fun parts too. Is Nevada, like Nevada, Nevada, like Nevada, Nevada. Clear in Texas. <laughs> all good yeah they're they're having a good year so we'll see hopefully the ramblers get things going on track here they can meet up again we'll see (laughs) thanks to katie for taking time to join me on the podcast you can follow her on twitter at katie cavender that's k-a-t-i-e-c-a-v-e-n-d-e-r hope you enjoyed listening and would certainly welcome any feedback questions or comments uh, feel free to shoot me a tweet at ddocket, that's D-D-O-C-K-E-T, and you're welcome to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And now, if you listen through the Anchor app, you can also leave a voicemail message there as well. So um, just search persons of interest if you're listening there, bookmark it, of course, uh, but there's an option to leave a voicemail message, and I'll receive those. Thank you for listening to Persons of Interest. Persons of Interest.